Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill, and I'm your guide as we journey together through the auto detailing industry. You can find me on most platforms at Total Auto Solutions. If you are on TikTok, find me at Detail Supply App. Best way to get in touch with me, shoot me a text, 918-800-1188. Today, joined talking through all the fun things that we are seeing. Join with Nick. Uh, Nick can be reached at uh, Vegas.Rides on most platforms. If you want to reach out to him, shoot him an email, nick at vegasrides.com. For now, Nick, right? For now. We have definitely been getting unbelievable. Thank you to everybody that sent in congratulations as well as, you know, encouragement and phone calls, right? For having you, right? And what we are now pushing forward for the industry, 40 years of combined ownership uh, experience in detailing, unprecedented across the industry and more and more detailers that maybe don't listen to the podcast every day, might catch it in a week or two after they can, you know, they want to get caught back up. Even today, I got congratulations. So, uh, man, hearing a lot of great things about uh, you coming on board. Uh, what, what are the different things that you, you've been getting? Uh, you know, I, I think, like you said, it's it's really weird when people reach out and, you know, are excited about what you're doing, right? Like, it's one of the weirdest things that happens when they're like, you know, Hey, this great thing is happening. I'm so happy. I'm so glad you guys are doing this and you don't really know how to take it. Right. It's like, it's like a flattering thing and you don't. So for me, it's kind of been like one of the coolest experiences, right? Because I think from our episode and from what people have listened to over the last couple of years, people get what we're trying to do and they get that we're trying to bridge this gap between detailers and, and vendors like chemical companies And we're really taking detailers probably more seriously than any company. So I think that's the excitement that I'm hearing is, wait a minute, you guys are thinking of user experience. (laughs) You guys talk to, you know, I'm having this experience or that experience or, so that's kind of the stuff I've been dealing with as well as just congratulations. You know, there's just like a lot of times you don't really know what to say. (laughs) You just go, Hey man, it's, it's so cool. You think about that and you, you know, that we can try to help. So I I think I can just say thanks. Like it's been a really cool week. All right. So I am, uh, I got, oh, geez, all over my mic too. (laughs) 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 Good thing I turned away. I would have gotten a facial. Oh, wow. Way to start an episode, right? I know, right? (laughs) So from the Chandelier Brewing Company, uh, Chandelier Island Brewing, uh, appreciate the Gulf Coast uh, Raspberry Ginger Sour Ale was recently close to the Gulf, but on the opposite side, it was on, uh, on the East Coast side of Florida. And as we experienced last week, a fun episode with, uh, the people that came on, different detailers from being at one of our certified trainings that we got to go in and certify people for free, which is unprecedented through the industry. And uh, people that got to come in and ask questions about how to grow their business, how to use a product to develop their business, how to protect people's paint. Simple questions that uh, they could get 
these information from our experience, but not have to pay $800 to somebody to, to learn the answers yeah. was a big deal for them. And so we got to sit down and it's been interesting as detailers have been able to talk is some of the problems that they have been experiencing over the past years are now coming to a forefront or they are now just having to deal with it. It's been, it's been interesting to see in, in the feedback, not just the congratulations, but as you and as I have been getting feedback from detailers from what we've been talking about, they are also not only, you know, experience of putting down a product, but uh, it is kind of interesting where we're at. And I, I want to say that it's interesting and question at it from why is it interesting, right? Let's, let's put this into perspective. Um, and this is completely from a different company than detailing world, but it can help us go into this segment. The GM paint, right, has been notoriously horrible. Yeah. Right? Never fixed it. But boy, they're sure fucking up some computer issues, apparently, and having some chip problems. And well, now they're under fire for stuff because they're not getting shit done. Right. Has yep. has these problems. Has there always been problems with the brand? Of course. Right. Has their experience always. Sure. It hasn't been the best experience, but now they're having to seriously come to some answers on stuff. Now, yep. let's put that theory into perspective for detailing and in the detailing world. Right. Detailers have just been having to deal with putting on a product, a coating for two, three, four, five, six hours. We heard from a detailer that has been putting on a multi-layer brand. And I, I, this is where you just, I bless your heart, man. I, I feel for you. His rep, not a detailer, so just a brand rep. Cool. Everybody needs a job. Great. Hope he does great at his job. No issues. But because that guy didn't understand, told the detailer that he has to wait a day between each layer, not an hour. And it doesn't just cost him and his business four to five hours to do that layer and put it up. Like it's now caught. It's been not just now for the past years, been costing him and his brand four to five days because they put a layer on each day, move the car, let it sit, put another layer on. Many detailers hear this and go, that's fucked up. Hey, we're not here. to. This is literally yeah. just there's things that have been happening that detailers have just dealt with, but they didn't change because that's the way it was because they didn't have to are now things that are changing because suddenly stuff's getting grabby stuff's being changed. We're not sure why things are happening, why brands are doing certain things to detailers. This experience is getting even worse. Now detailers are starting to raise red flags. Now they're starting to talk. Do you think it's because right? There was so much abundance for so long that detailers just kind of dealt with it and they, they just kind of let brands tell them what to do. And now there's a sudden increase in anxiety, maybe uh, financials, maybe stuff going on in the economy. Because I know for me, for you, you've been out, more people out and about, more shit's going on. Is that causing a little bit of stress because we're changing the way business is going? Yeah, I think it's a good question. I mean, uh, you know, I've talked to to several people here on the West Coast. Obviously, now being involved with HyperClean, I have more people than ever reaching out, talking about their business. 
uh, sharing photos, calling, sharing stories. People have really accepted a lot. You know, detailers in this ceramic boom, as ceramic coating became, again, a, a monetary bonus to all of us, has become such a mainstay in our business. There were some realities around the beginning of ceramic coating, right? Like, do you remember the wet application with the wet towel? And, you know, so everything, even an incremental step away from that felt like a huge step in the right direction. So how much is it that, that, that people just don't realize that there's composite technology? How much is it that somebody just got comfortable with the product, right? They developed a process. They were okay with the car sitting there three or four days because they thought that was the right thing to do. They didn't do anything wrong. They were just following directions. And so they figured their business around that. The issue becomes as the economy starts to slip, efficiency becomes the answer to your company's problems. And what do I mean by that? The more efficient I am, the less I can charge and still make the same amount of money, but I can bring more people into my business. So Amazon doesn't care about making huge margin on their product because they're just going to deliver a zillion products and they're going to do so efficiently. And so they're going to make their money by, by doing a little bit of volume. And so when the economy slips, Let that's, me ask you that's this. where it we get to. Are you saying, because there's some people that now just dumb this down for people, Do you would you rather sell one product at 100 bucks or sell 100 products at a dollar? It's just a philosophy, right? Well, well, yeah, but every company, even the ones that sell one product for $100, you can go to the Bugattis, those types of companies. Uh, McLaren's releasing a limited edition 100 uh you know, they're only going to make a hundred of this one type of car that they're about to release. That all sounds good. But once they make money on it, they want to sell 200 and then 500 and then a thousand. So everybody that thinks like, well, that company only sells one widget, but then they sit in the meeting the next day and say, how do we sell a second one and a fifth one and a 10th one? So it's not actually a real theory. Everybody wants to do volume. They just want to do volume at their price point, Right. So what happens is the reason that businesses like ours, a service-based business charges what they charge is because of the time and the price of the things to get the job done included in your package price. The issue is, is that when the economy slips and you've been getting this high dollar amount and you haven't been offering some of these quicker packages, guess what happens? you start losing a bunch of customers. You don't get as many people at your high price. Those people start to falter. You don't have this medium or lower price package. So you don't get those people. And now your business really starts to shrink. And so the issue is, is that I think we've just watched people power through some of this insanity because they were able to. The economy didn't put any pressure on efficiency. They didn't put pressure on getting the job done quicker. Uh, because again, somebody was like, oh, I'm paying $1,500 for this package. I mean, so he keeps my car three or four days. Well, what happens when maybe that's not their third car and they've downsized. Now they only have two cars and they can't leave it at your shop for three or four days because I just had this happen. I had one of my customers sell a Corvette while we were designing another Corvette for him. Guess what? Chevy screwed up the the, the supply chain and now he's waiting two or three uh two or three times longer than he would have waited had we ordered it a little bit sooner. Here's the funny thing. Him not having that third car, he's been miserable. And he's like, oh man, it's messing my life up, this and that. 
But what happens if that's a forced downsize and now he can't leave your car, his car at your shop for three days? I mean, things like this are going to start happening because they always happen this way. It happened in 08. It happened in 99, 2000. And it's going to happen again whenever we get into the middle of this storm. So the efficiency hasn't been forced by the economy and, you know, doing ceramic in a more efficient uh, a better manner, a quicker manner just hasn't been forced. So I think that's what really has driven some of this insanity. Now, when we look at insanity, we think of the term, right? Doing the same thing over and over again and not getting yeah. different results, right? I mean, that's it's it really is a great definition. There are plenty of detailers that eyes are beginning to open right? Their ears are beginning to open uh, and they are seeing where they've gone in a, in an odd direction. And yeah. many of them will make the choice and make the change to further success of their, right? Yeah. That is why they will begin to adapt into seeing should go where we should go. We kind of are laying out there as a blueprint and as a guide because of what we've seen. And what we project last year, what we saw, we saw a hold the fuck up moment <laughs> where people were putting out a lot of information that did not make sense because there was a pandemic, because there was some new virus, because there was a lot of crazy shit going on. Right. And, you know, we made some projections and still stick by with a lot of those projections that we make moving into what we're seeing. Now we make those projections because, well, it is what it is. Like yeah. the crazy thing about where we're at in today's industry, today's society, today's everything is Nick. We've got so many more people not doing what they did last year. Last year changed a lot of things for us as an industry because it made an influx of people wanting to have their cars cleaned. They needed them cleaned. Well, now people are going and doing sort of, and there's a lot of theory of getting back to, right? Now that we've got our shot, now that we we're all protected with, you know, from this yep. virus, we can get back to our lives. Well, that get back to their lives doesn't necessarily translate to getting back to getting our car cleaned as much. Yeah. And so, you know, we're seeing some things happen, which is interesting. We want to talk about, well, what some of these things as people are getting back, then it might be drawing some shortages, <laughs> no doubt shortages or increases that we saw previous eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 is gas, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. How massive is gas starting to affect your business and affect yeah. detailers business? Yeah. So, you know, the shortages are going to hit the detailing industry, but the number one way, because our business has now, we have, more mobile guys and gals out there than we've ever had. We have even shop owners moving towards having mobile units that they send out and gas right now. Uh, and I told you, we averaged about $68 a truck for gas, a gas fill up and equipment fill up. This was, let's call it December, 2020. Uh, last week we were about $118. Um, uh, so, you know, 70%, 80%, I mean, pretty close, uh, increase inside five months. Uh, it's massive, but it's not panic time either. 
you know, this is where you get paid to be the owner is right now. Uh, my guys are seeing it, right? They're looking at the receipt and they, they're like handing them to me. Like, I'm going to be mad. Like they did something wrong. You know, it's nobody's fault. It is what it is. What I see as a worry spot is all of these people in our industry that don't get where we're at. Okay. And I'm not just talking about detailers. You know, this shouldn't be the time where, where companies like ours, like HyperClean, we shouldn't be putting more demand on our client because we know our client's going through something on the local level. It's our job to make their life easier. But the shortages in gas bring up an interesting point. Why is it happening? Everybody's going to point to the politics of it. Let's forget that part of it. Here's why it's happening. I think it's them damn Democrats. <laughs> right. I mean, that's not for us to talk about. You know, I don't, I don't care about that stuff. But you know how people are. That's the first thing. Well, when you really start to dig into it, but you dig into the chip shortages in cars, you dip, 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 uh, you dip your toe into why we're going to go through this gas shortage, which, by the way, is going, they're already telling you it's going to be worse in the summer. That's how you know that it's not just a politics thing, because they're already telling you like, hey, yeah, we're going to screw this up all year. So you better get used to it. Is that people that were supposed to be leaders in these gas companies, as soon as the pandemic hit, they panicked. And they started laying people off. I got to lay everyone off. I got to lay everyone off. Well, the truck drivers went and found better jobs. And so when they tried to call them and say, hey, you know, Jimmy, can you come back to work? Uh, no, man, I'm, I'm kind of digging it over here at Amazon. I'm not going to blow up when I'm driving and, uh, you know, driving the gas around. And, you know, it's kind of an easy life. I only work five hours a day. I make more money because I hustle. And, oh, so you're not. So what happened? Leadership failed. You're going to hear a bunch of stories why, but the reason that everything is backing up is because they can't transport the finished gas to the pump. <laughs> okay, so hold on. So we've talked about the past couple of weeks on the, the community pub about team members and <laughs> hiring and yeah. how, how big of a problem it is for detailers, right? We could yeah. go through the list and there's multiple just gave excuse after like it is what it is hard. Yeah. Incredibly difficult for us as detailers to hire and maintain a team. By the, but by the way, I think the big mistake is we think it's hard for us. It's hard for everyone. That's it. That's where I was going, right? We have, we've centered it so much into us and now yeah. we've got this massive issue that's going to cost everybody a lot of more money yeah. and it all comes down to people. Yeah. Hiring and firing. But here's the problem. Somebody got into a leadership role at a gas company, which means they spent 10, 20, 30 years there. And the minute the pandemic set in, because they were going through a tough month or two months or six months, they went and just started slashing everybody's job because, well, I'm running a company. That's what I'm supposed to do. Never thinking to themselves, this isn't going to last forever. What's going to happen when these people find another job? They never had that conversation. I've gotten on this podcast and, and questioned leadership in a lot of ways over the last year. This is what I mean. It really sounds great to be a group thinker in those meetings, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, we got to lay off. And now those same idiots are in charge of fixing the problem that they caused that they're never going to admit they caused because they're just going to say I was doing what I was supposed to do. So where does a detailer have to learn from this? And why should a detailer pay attention to this? You want to know why? Because you can learn from idiots like that. Don't panic. When you panic and you start making decisions out of panicking, you're always going to make the wrong decision. 
Okay. You should never be in a position where you have to panic in your business. It should never happen. The second part of it is you're going to be paying more for gas. It's not going away. Your wife or your husband or whoever, everyone's going to pay more gas. So maybe limit those trips to the grocery store. Maybe, I mean, you're going to have to cut something else. But as a detailer, especially if you're mobile or you're a shop and you have mobile units on the, on the road, it's here. What are you going to do? And Marty, you've heard about other shortages coming down the pipe that have nothing to do with gas, but have to do with a resin shortage that's taking place around the world, which by the way, always happens in the summer, just so everybody knows about the resin shortage. It happens every summer because building goes up and resin's used in PVC pipe. But now it's exacerbated. So why don't you go into a little bit of what you heard? <laughs> well, I don't know I don't, what I'm going to be baiting over here. Exasper something. I don't yeah. you know. Something. <laughs> yeah. What I don't say? <laughs> no, I was trying to make a corny joke about uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> exasperating. And I was going to be baiting something. You know? <laughs> Never mind. Uh. <laughs> it, it didn't go too well. <laughs> uh. Uh, I spent most of my baiting this past weekend, I guess. I hear it is what it is. It was a lonely weekend <laughs> uh yeah i it's really interesting so a lot of this has started to come out from talking with a local uh well local competitor but we have a local friendship and i anybody in the state of oklahoma that wants to use detailed products of course i'd love to uh service but if there's anybody else that wants to use somebody else then please use barney like i like the guy we've we're head-on competitors but we network we talk back and forth He'll be driving on a truck and just call me and we'll chat, right? I mean, we, we'll compete against stores head-to-head, but we have a, a good relationship now that we can pick up the phone and call each other, and we enjoy it. And, and I was talking to him, and he's completely out, and he's having to now find five-gallon cubes. And, and that really blew my mind. How does... How does a chemical company sell a product if they don't have the container to deliver it in? So this weekend, man, I'm talking to him, trying to offer drums. You know, I've got all these drums. Maybe he can take drums to the customer. And, you know, our, you know we were just trying to work yeah. through how he could operate and, and still, you know, supply his customers. And it got me really thinking, oh, shit. And so I, I talked to him this morning. I said, Barney. If you're going through this problem here locally, wow, I mean, that what box trucks, what major chemical brands, who's going to be the first to come out and say they can't offer a product because they don't have a container? Yeah. And as the only company over the past years who has been proactive outside of the state of Oklahoma, because Barney also has collects and reuses cubes other than him and a couple other people that have reached out that are also distributors that I'm checking all my bases, right. You know, because there are listeners that will say, Hey, we do it too. So I'm not trying to step on toes other than a few being the only company that is out pushing, reusing your cubes. And here is an alternative. Here's a concentrate that you can pour in and fill up. We completely changed the way we were going to offer a product to the industry. And now we're at that point where we're starting to hear, oh, you know what? That cube that you traditionally have been getting your product in, have no idea. 
when they will get them back in stock. Now, what does that mean for detailers? That doesn't mean next week, doesn't mean next month, right? They could have a surplus that then that, but will they eventually run out of that cube? I really am curious and I want to know over the past, you know, over the next couple of weeks, we'll keep mentioning it. Anybody that always wants to reach out, please let us know as you start hearing anybody locally that is beginning to run out of these cubes. We need to know, detailers need to know, as gas prices increase, as things continue to create problems, So why last year we created a community, right, on Facebook where you can go into. Nick, we put the videos when we're talking about, you know, all the different things that were going on with, you know, sanitization and any questions. We have a community outreach where people can go in and throw in that input. We also have a community pub where you can come on every Wednesday night, 730 Central. The Zoom ID is 918-800-1188. That's a great time to be sitting there having a drink with other detailers and we talk about where they're finding shortages, what they're finding, and the reason why, so that we can all prepare for our business. You run your business your way, but getting the information on how to make your decisions will dramatically improve your chances of running your business, like you talked about, more efficiently and more successful, and being able to navigate now through another trying time that we're going to run into. When we go into these trying times, there's no doubt that the mindset of where we go as operators, a lot of it starts and goes on up here with our mind. How do we take on problems? How do we address issues? What mindset do we need to have when we are going into, uh, you know, geez, we're just talking about shortages right now, but there's all kinds of things that could, right? Debacles that could happen, all kinds of things that could possibly go into the, the mindset of solving problems or bitching about problems. <laughs> A lot, there are detailers that like to bitch and like to put out a lot of bitch and moaning. Some of that could be just the way that they were raised, could be the way that they're operate. But geez, let's go into a little bit about what goes on in the mind of an operator of a successful business when they come up with a problem, right? They have a problem that has come up, right? Not they came up with it, but it has arose, a new problem has arose. What goes on in their mind to bitch or to solve? Yeah, I mean, this is this is kind of, you know, we heard from actually Jackie last week that talked about the negativity online and, and some things she thought she wanted to see different in the industry as a whole, right? And so we all follow other detailers and, and on Instagram or, or Facebook or whatever, or we're in a group and there's always this one thing that gets brought up. This is across the board. Every day on detailer tech, on uh, detailer Instagram, on detailer Facebook, 100% of the time, every single day. This dealership did that. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like it's the number one thing talked about. I see a swirl mark on a brand new car. How dare the dealership do this? 
I mean, it's the number one thing that's said on probably detailer social media across the board. And I don't know what the benefit of that is. I don't know where we get to as, as an industry, because we've been doing this in some form for like 30 or 40 years. This didn't just happen because of social media. People actually believe wholeheartedly that this is some type of solution to a problem. That if I get online and I complain online on social media, that that's I'm I'm now the knight in shining armor, right? I'm I'm doing good in the world. It's a problem that's persisted the entire time I've been detailing cars. I started detailing cars in 1998. Been the same problem. Problem isn't worse today. That's that's BS. That's for people that have been doing this five minutes. The problem has been the exact same, the exact same in our industry. In the car world, I should say, since I've been here and long before I got here. Okay. My question is, Marty, explain to me the purpose of getting online at the end of the road. The car's been purchased. The 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 customer's pissed. They've now brought it to your shop or you're there mobily. So they've already recognized the problem. You're there fixing the problem and you're just going to pile on now. And then you're going to make the same post 500 different times over the last year. Where is the solution in your brain saying, you know what? I'm really helping here. I just like to know. I, I'm the one that texted you this. This to me is the, the classic case of, I want to believe I'm doing good instead of actually doing good. Instead of actually being a solutions person you're a bitching and moaning about the same problem that we all know exists. I know it exists. You know, it exists. There's not a detailer that does this longer than five minutes that doesn't know that this is a problem. So what are you doing? What is, what is the end goal of that? I think the end goal for them, they assume, right. That if I put out there what this other company is doing wrong, that company will begin to falter because people will start to see it and they just won't go use that company anymore. And they'll use my company so that they will solve those problems, right? Is the core basis of it. The problem with that is we're a, let's say we're a very successful detail shop. Let's say we're doing 30 grand a month would be a, right. If you're a successful detail shop, yeah. 30 grand a month, right? That's big. Yeah. Um, well, even at 30 grand a month, we're throwing darts at companies that are, geez, half a million at least a month. If not a million. Yeah. Plenty of, plenty a, of dealerships that touch a million a month in revenue. Easy. I mean, easy. and that's just one. Yeah. So let's talk about, let's talk about Tulsa, right? So I'm a detailer, make 30 grand. And one dealership, let's say, does half a million, but we've got 100. <laughs> we've got 50. I don't yeah, know. How exactly. many of those do we have in Tulsa? So I'm a $30,000 guy throwing darts at an industry that is 50 million yeah, in a month? Just in, just in a small city. Just in and a let's small just city. Think about, yeah, and just think about it over 
all cities? How many groups own dealerships in three or four cities or 10 cities or 50 cities? I mean, this is what I mean. And so you just stated something that you know to be obvious, which is I'm a small fry and these guys are the restaurant. Okay. Like this, this isn't, they're, they're going to be there. And you throwing a dart from your Instagram account isn't going to fix whatever it is you see them doing negatively. Now, if you were a problem solver and said, okay, I'm a pretty nice size company, or maybe I'm just a starter, but this is the 500th time I've had this dealership post on my Instagram, just calling out dealerships. Can't believe they did this. Can't believe they did. I mean, that's the post. We get it. You're not getting any more customers because you're doing that. I know that for a fact, and you know it for a fact. That's not attracting customers because it's never done in a tactful way of educate. It's always like, can you believe what they've done? Okay. So a business person would say, you know, I run across this dealership all the time and they got massive problems over there. Why don't I approach that dealership about helping them with their detailing needs? Well, Okay. Now we know a lot of detailers are above that. You know, they don't, I'm not never going to do dealership work. The rich ones, they do dealership work. The other people, no, I'm, I'm above that. So I'm going to sit on the back and I'm going to shoot arrows, no solutions. But what, you know, I know a particular guy that's made this post literally like 500 times. Why don't you take over the process for your customers? That's what we do. I don't want to do massive dealership work in my business. We do some select dealership work for some massive problems, but I don't want to take over the back end of a dealership. I've made that choice, but I don't throw arrows at dealerships. Here's what I do. For my customers that are serious about their cars, we handle the process of ordering. We handle the process of picking up, of the documents, of, of inspecting the cars. Uh, if the cars arrive and they're massively damaged, hey, we're going to get money taken off. Believe it or not, we're not going to sign for this car until we acknowledge that there's massive damage on the car. So there are solutions. You can go approach the dealership as a business opportunity, or you can go to your customer and say, hey, just please let me order the car. Let me do a pre-purchase inspection. Let me do all of these different things that I can do to make your life easier and make sure that the dealership is doing right by you. But instead, we see detailers standing in the back shooting arrows at dealerships. And, and again, it was just something I, I saw over the weekend. I text you and I'm just like, guys, this doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't get you anywhere doing this. And also you're missing a business opportunity. You're, you're missing a huge business opportunity. There's money to be made in solving problems for people. Okay. The money is in the solution of, a, of solving a problem. That's the money. Okay, I gave you the ex example earlier, Marty, when we were talking about this, of Jeff Bezos. He got online to sell books. He saw that there was a problem with people getting goods in enough time, and now he's worth like a trillion dollars. He solved the problem that he saw. He didn't dream of having the biggest online retailer. He saw a problem and he solved it. So if there's a dealership problem in your area, why aren't we going to solve that problem rather than bitch about the problem, I guess is where I come out on it. And the reason why we wanted to bring this up is because as we continue to journey through shortages, 
as we continue to journey through these massive hiccups and hangups that we're seeing from these brands that have been doing a certain way towards us as detailers. And now as detailers are starting to rise up to go, Hey, it was completely all yeah. wrong. Right. You know, as we're starting to see these things, the reason why we want to bring up this and why it's so important is because detailers, if you can see how when brands don't make changes to help out their customers, how it fucked you, right. If you don't see and make changes to help your customers, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what happens? Do they start going, oh, well, how come, right? You become the agent of change for good. And if you help enough people get what they want out of their cars, you're going to get everything you want out of your business. As you continue to find problems that are going on and not just throw stones or not just throw darts, but actually put together a program to help. Well, that's where you become that solution. And when we say your business, right, let's dial that down into your daily life becomes easier. Your, your, all your hangups become a little bit easier, right? A lot of things become easier as you continue to grow when you're a problem solver, when you're solving those issues and not just talking about them and not just creating them. Yeah. is a very good point for us as we continue to grow. And money is always in the solution. Yeah. It's always in the solution. It's not in this other stuff. The money to be made in your business is always going to be in the solution. It's not going to be in pointing out the problem. Okay. We can all point out the problem. Look, it's, it's something we're fighting internally at HyperClean, right? We don't want to release products just for the sake of releasing them. We want to make sure that they are life improving and that they're a solution to a problem. The same has to go for a detailer, man. These dealerships are going to do what they're going to do. It's not going to change tomorrow. It's not going to change the next day. Become the solution. and You're going to make more money. I mean, just if people knew what we make a year as a company by providing the solution, it, it's invaluable to our business because it's just paperwork. You know, it's a few few minutes inspecting a car. It, this isn't labor intensive. That there are actual solutions you can do as a detailer that make you more money, that make you feel good about what you're doing, that protect your customers, that that do all these things of good instead of just calling out dealerships online. Look, man, they don't do things the way we would want them done as detailers. You got to get over it. They, they just don't. It's not going to change. And a point that. I, that I'd love for you to bring up as we close out, right? We got to remember dealerships are basically just distributors. Yeah. So I, I Marty, I, I get really tired of people acting as if dealerships don't play a really vital role to, role in the car business. Okay. Because here's what people don't realize. You realize you can walk down the street right now and you can buy a car and you can have a car by the end of tonight. That is a, 25, 50, 100,000, $300,000 piece of machinery, you can go pick up and have it within the next three hours. So to bang on dealerships like they're a bunch of buffoons, that's crazy. And that's what people do because they want to take a shot at the big dog. But I'm here to tell you, man, the reason Ford, the reason Chevy, the reason Toyota, the reason these companies don't own their distribution is because it's hard. And these networks of dealerships provide a real solution to everybody in the car business. 
me in the car business, you in the car business, e even if it's not working at the dealership or working with dealership cars, we get a benefit because our customer can go pick up a car today and bring it to our detail shop for a detail when they buy it, right? So they're just distribution companies. The fact that they detail a car is, is just, they think they're adding value to their customer. We know that they aren't in most cases, but that's what they feel like they're doing. But all they're there to do is sell a car, get a car from the manufacturer, sell it to the client. All this other stuff in between, they're not going to be great at. It's not what they do, but they're really great at distribution of cars. Wow. It's a great way to put it. It's a great way to put it. Well, Nick, thanks as always for your time, man. Uh, great to uh, go over these. I think they are very good for detailers. It, a little bit different, right? Not your atypical stuff that we would like to normally always talk about, but stuff we're definitely seeing, hearing, I think it's very vital for us to put in our back pocket, so to speak, and begin to think about, right? Because, well, if I'm going to have a gas shortage, if that price is going to go up, if I can't get product the way I normally get it, I know that there's a lot of other people out there talking about how great their polisher is or how many swipes of, you know, and layers of this, but Listen, that is <laughs> this last 30 to 45 minutes is one of the most impactful if we'll put it into our toolbox and understand where and how we navigate. Because navigating in business last year, like we said, massive changes. It went around. Well, a lot of those changes now, well, we call it what the domino effect. The domino effect has started to happen when you don't have people going into work, when all these major factories are down, when they can't deliver, when all the, right? It does end up dominoing down. It will be interesting to see how 2021 continues to play out inside the detailing world. So Nick, we'll catch you next time, man. Thanks. Enjoy your week. And uh, everybody go grab a, go grab a chandelier iron brewery. If you like sour, well, grab a pint and enjoy. Thanks, Marty. See you, man. Episode over. Leave us a review and we will see you on the Community Pub Wednesday nights at 7:30 Central. The Zoom meeting ID is 918-800-1188. That's the Community Pub Wednesday nights 7:30 Central. The Zoom meeting ID is 918-800-1188. Grab a pint and enjoy.